All right, welcome to People Powered Politics. We are joined once again with uh, Cole Goodman. And so today what we're going to end up discussing is going to be the endorsement of Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren's endorsement of Joe Biden, as well as uh, Mr. Trump's response to COVID-19. Cole, is there anything that uh, you wish to add right from the start? No, I think that's great, Nick. And uh, I'm really happy to be here again. Thank you for having me. Yeah, not a problem. It'll it'll be interesting, like always. Um, Absolutely, like always. Yeah. Uh, so you know, I mean, your your gal, uh, you know, Elizabeth Warren finally endorsed. I'll, I'll just let you start it off um, because you're you're not going to like what I have to say about the senator from Massachusetts. Okay. Well, we're definitely going to disagree on that because Elizabeth Warren could win Joe Biden this election. So um, I think that. Listen, I know a lot of Bernie people out there are upset that Liz didn't endorse Bernie uh, when uh, she dropped out, but uh, I wasn't upset. Uh, I thought that that was a personal decision she had to make, and she made it, but um, now I think her endorsement for Biden comes a little late. Uh, It's just, it it was even after Bernie's, which was Mm -hmm. a surprise for me. Yeah. Um, I, I think I think that makes it a little bit disingenuous. Disingenuous. I see that argument. However, um, she's endorsed Biden, and I still think that she's the optimal VP pick. But we can have that discussion as well. What do you think? Um, you know, I, I I think that you know her the the whole issue that her endorsement came after Bernie Sanders. Uh, you know, is just, I mean, I think that it truly shows you that she's just about as irrelevant as a garden gnome at this point. You know, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I don't think that she's very relevant anymore. Uh, you know, for, for the simple reason that, you know, I mean, it, you had to wait till Bernie Sanders endorsed before you would endorse. I don't think that makes her irrelevant. I don't think it was, I will agree. I don't think it was the wisest decision, but listen, Nick, if Elizabeth Warren and your argument is irrelevant, I really, you really don't want to uh, hear what I have to say about Amy Klobuchar. I think that she's, I think she's actually possibly the most irrelevant of the people on the shortlist. That's just my personal opinion. Yeah, I mean, we'll, uh, we'll disagree with that whenever we get, you know, closer to, uh, you know, final thoughts. Because, uh, uh, you know, I, I just, I think that, you know, it's, it's going to come down to two, two people as far as the VP and um, Amy, Amy's name is on my, is on that list. Um, But anyways, you know, I mean, I, I just think that, you know, I mean, the, the whole fact that, you know, it took Bernie and I think didn't correct me if I'm wrong here, but didn't Barack Obama even endorse before Warren? Actually, I think you may, you may be right. He did it. Was it, I think he did it yesterday. Uh, yeah, so see, he either he either endorsed he either endorsed the same the same day or he endorsed a day before. Right, right. Which uh, which I hear that argument. the The fact that it's even happening around Obama's time of endorsement is just it's just, it wasn't a good strategy either way. But 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 let let's just pivot here and let's talk about Bernie's endorsement. <clears throat> okay, certainly. Um, you know, I, I thought, you know, I mean, I watched most of the video with uh, with Senator Sanders and Joe Biden. I thought, you know, that it was a genuine endorsement. Um, you know, unlike the endorsement that the senator gave in 2016, I thought that this endorsement was very, um, you know, came very much from the heart. And, you know, I think that 
Bernie and Joe are on the same page, you know, that the number one goal has to be defeating Donald Trump and evicting him from the White House. Time out. Time out. Let's just let's just talk about one thing you said. I just want to zero in on one thing you said. You have to realize that in 2016, Hillary Clinton absolutely um, vilified Bernie Sanders. And look, excuse me, I was a Hillary supporter, but I can even acknowledge that she absolutely went after him personally, went after him policy. And that was a much more, in my opinion, bitter election than this one was. Oh, definitely. I, I mean, definitely. I mean, I, I, I won't, I won't sit here and say, you know, that I don't think that it was that, you know, those that the two sides came together in 2016. But I also think that we have to be clear-sighted in in acknowledging that when it comes to Senator Sanders, and I'm not trying to put words into his mouth or anything when I say this. But, you know, there's there's the writings back when Mr. Sanders was a college student that more or less one can argue. And, and I mean, even against Warren, when, you know, he said to Elizabeth Warren that he didn't think that the nation was ready for a female president. So, you know, I think I think part of it is for, for Senator Sanders, maybe when it comes to Joe Biden, it's an easier endorsement simply because the man happens to be a guy. That's bullshit. Um, I'm sorry. And, and I mean, you know, Senator, maybe, you know I, that's that's an argument I, that one can make, but you've got to. You know, I I love you to death, you, Nick, but that no, it is not based off whether Hillary Clinton was a female or a male. Cool. It was. You have to take it, a look wait, at wait, this man's no, wait, 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 wait. Let me finish. Let me finish. That election was incredibly bitter. And not just off of Hillary Clinton. It went both ways. As well as the DNC, like, screwing up the handling of that election. Let's, let's and- take a moment here to, to just pause, okay? My guy, my guy in 2016, not to reiterate 2016, but my guy in 2016 was the man who got the shaft the most from the DNC by doing weekend debates and, you know, having very low name recognition outside of the state of Maryland and on the East Coast. So I don't buy this argument that, you know, the DNC is, is, should be blamed for anything that went wrong in 2016 as far as Bernie versus Hillary. Um, uh, can, can you uh, – and let me just let, – let, let's just be clear to the audience that when you say that you're talking about your, your guy, you're talking about who? O'Malley. O'Malley. Can you just give some background on O'Malley? Yeah, so, you know, I mean, Martin O'Malley was uh, the former mayor of Baltimore, you know, the, and then, you know, became governor of Maryland, you know, was running in, in 2016. Um, you know, I mean, the, the man was, a, is, you know, a policy genius um, whenever it came to policy. Uh, you know, he had, you know, going, you know, he, he dropped out the night of Iowa. He finished in Iowa, I believe, last place. Um, yeah, so, so let's just... third place in Iowa, but he was... So let wait. Can we just can we just pause there? Um, I just want to point out respectfully, Nick, honestly, how irrelevant Martin O'Malley was in the 2016 presidential election. I I this, would I would disagree this, with that. Wait, wait, well, I'm I'm gonna pull out some numbers. All right, I'm not even just gonna go off personal opinions. I'm gonna pull out some numbers. He dropped out a day before Iowa. 
which means he spent at least, I think he was in the, the night of Iowa. Oh, the night. Okay, well, thank you. I appreciate it. You're adding on to my point. He dropped out the night of Iowa. And it, it, um, that means that he campaigned in Iowa for like over a year, over a year. And received 0.54, not even 1%, all right? 0.54% of the vote. The DNC did not care about Martin O'Malley. The DNC did not have any shaft or had any game towards Martin O'Malley. Weekend debate hurts a candidate with low name recognition. Well, you know what we, we we're gonna agree to disagree. I, yeah, I, I think I think that we need I, to I, because I think that we're we gonna will, hung up we on twenty sixteen here. You know when listen when we post this link, um, uh, in the description, I'm gonna make sure Nick remind me of this. This is gonna be a, a topic uh, for debate. Do you think Martin O'Malley was at all relevant in the two thousand sixteen presidential campaign? We'll pose the question to you. And you comment in the Facebook posts or wherever you find the link uh, and uh, tell us what you think. Is that fair, Nick? Uh, yeah, I, I think that that, that, you know, that that's fair. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, uh, I think that, you know, you'll, you'll be surprised by other comments. I, I, I'm sure I won't, but we will continue. Um, and uh, so that's, that was my opinion with uh, Bernie's uh, endorsement. Liz's was a little more disingenuous, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, and we I can think, talk. I think that whenever it comes to Liz, I think she, uh, secured herself maybe a cabinet position, but certainly not the VP slot. Uh, well, I think when it comes to strategy, uh, and when it comes to Joe Biden, Joe Biden wanting to win, the only person he can pick is Elizabeth Warren. We, we will find out. Um, yep. Can we agree? No, Stacey Abrams. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think that we can safely say that you know Stacey Abrams is somebody who, uh, you know, I, I don't think that uh, she would really help the ticket. Uh, not not certainly as much as say a Val Demings or a Kamala Harris. Uh, can you repeat what you said, Nick? I'm sorry, you dropped out. Yeah, I, I said not not as much as a Kamala Harris or a Val Demings would help the ticket. Um. Okay, no Val Demings. Let's get that out. Like, what? I, come on. I think I. Why Val Demings? She she has the necessary legislative chops. She's you know she she can be a deal maker, just like uh, uh, the former vice president was no, in no, the Obama administration. No one on this impeachment uh, that in. Uh, uh, House cabinet impeachment uh, is going to get the VP mod. It's I don't I personally do not think that's what Joe Biden's going for. I think he's going to see that he needs to sure up some progressives, uh, working class white women, uh, uh, working class women of color, uh, and and that is Elizabeth Warren. I just don't think Stacey Abrams brings it. I mean, you know, and, and I mean, you know, that's that's something that, you know, we will uh, we will find out, you know, and, and just moving on along here. Uh, you know, we, we've got, I think, discussed the president's response to COVID-19. 
you know, which which has really been a lack of a response, if, if you ask me. I mean, I, I don't know what your thoughts are on it. I don't think that we'll really disagree too much on on the lack of a federal governmental response to the global pandemic. I think one thing, and I, I know I'm going to get some flack for saying this, but I'm going to I'm going to give Trump at least one thing. And that is that the people that he's put um, around him when it comes to Dr. Fauci, um, even though he did tweet he wants to fire him. But the fact there are some people that we have been getting updates from that are good people. They are good doctors. They're good professionals in their field. And I think we just have to respect uh, that. The rest of it is a total charade. Trump doesn't really know what's happening. Mike Pence is absolutely lost as vice president right now. I don't think he knows what to do. Actually, I think Trump may replace him on the ticket, to be honest, um, this time with Nikki Haley. Uh, So I think it's a real uh, disaster at a national level, except from the scientists. I think they're doing a good job updating the nation on what's going on. Yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, I'll, I'll agree, you know, that when it comes to, you know, Dr. Fauci, you know, I think that uh, he's he knows what he's doing. Um, you know, but but other than, you know, the, the scientists and the doctors knowing what they're doing, this way is a president who's way in over his head. And, you know, as, as far as the vice president goes, uh, I think it was a real possibility that he would have been, you know, given the boot had uh, this whole thing not occurred. And I think that if he would, um, if, if Mr. Trump were to attempt to ditch Mike Pence now, it would look very, very bad. And I, and therefore, I, I just don't see it happening. But then again, who knows? Nick, may, I, may, I, may I just insert, uh, insert something here? Um, you have to think how, listen, I watched every single season and every single episode of Celebrity Apprentice. I loved that show. I loved watching Donald Trump at the time. Interesting. And I loved watching how he th- how he thought as a businessman. And he is going to bring that into decision making in the presidency. And he is about, you know, Shabazz and so, um what's going to draw up enough like uh excitement and news sources and and that is replacing Mike Pence. I think that would be a bold move a bold move actually. And you cannot deny if he picked Nikki Haley, a Trump Haley ticket would be very hard to beat. Very hard to beat. Uh, you know, I'm I'm gonna I'm actually I will completely disagree with that. I I think I think you know that what we are going to see on election day is going to be a great great night for Democrats. Um, you know, yes, obviously it's going to be a tough fight, but I. I don't think that, you know, Donald Trump, honestly, I just I just don't think he stands hardly a shot in in in, in hell, honestly. Nick, can I can I can I tell you a story? Can I tell you sure. a story? So I actually I as you know, I ran for countywide office last year, um, mm-hmm. ran for recorder uh, of deeds, uh, knocked over 12,000 doors um, uh, yeah. and got to see a lot of different parts of the county and the state. And let me tell you this, the areas where Trump is popular, the rural parts, which I know it's less population, but uh, they are ready to vote for him. And that just can't be denied. But 
we I, I don't think I don't think though that I'm here denying any of that. I mean I, I would fully agree with you that you know in, in rural areas I'm sure Donald Trump has the necessary support. But Donald Trump has not gone up against a, a man of the integrity of Joe Biden. And when the American people see that integrity and that empathy, Joe Biden will outshine that man any day of the week. And that's where I think having Joe Biden on Nick, the ticket Nick, is really no, going to make Nick, a difference. Nick, people who are living paycheck to paycheck and living in slums in this country do not care about empathy and unity. I completely disagree. I, no, I, well, I, well, I actually was in the streets knocking 12,000 doors talking to them. And, and what they are going to vote for is a vision for this country. And right now, Joe Biden is absolutely, and I'll use one of his terms, malarkey on po policy. He doesn't talk about it. That's why he needs to some, add someone like Elizabeth Warren, who... Cool. Did, did Donald Trump talk about policy? Does Donald Trump ever talk about policy? Joe Biden is not Donald Trump. And, and I think... I'm not saying he is, but I, I, think, I think that if, if we're going to have a conversation, and if we're going to say that Joe Biden cannot talk or doesn't talk enough about policy, if you take a look at Joe Biden's entire life, it has been a life dedicated to serving the middle class and to helping lift the middle class. If you take a look at Donald Trump, his entire life has been about giving working people and the American middle class the shaft. So wait, that is me, what Donald Trump's entire life has been about. So even now as the president, so, he's still giving the middle class and working people the shaft. So do you, do you like Kamala Harris? I, I, I think, you know, that, uh, yes, or no. I, I think, yes or no, look, I think that Kamala Harris is a, is yes. a good Senator. And so I you, think do. That, you know, she's qualified so for the vice president. All right. If that's, if so let me right. ask you a question. What happened to the Kamala Harris that got on that debate stage and literally called out Joe Biden siding with segregationists? What happened to that? Was she wrong? You respect Kamala Harris. She said that. What happened to Joe Biden, who literally didn't um, talk, he, he, he didn't even talk about middle class issues in the debate because he didn't talk about any policy. That's what I'm saying. Dems are looking for a message. With Obama, when we won, Obama is the only Democratic president we have had since Bill Clinton. And we, he won that by messaging himself as not only the hope and the change candidate, but, but the candidate that wanted to uh, deal with health care in this country. That, like, when we had a strict message, we won. This Joe Biden, we can fumble through this crap, is not going to work. And he needs to add someone that jolts policy into his campaign and a vision for where we want to take this country. And, and that's what he needs. And again, going back to, you know, I think the, the, the largely the greatest, one of the greatest presidents that this station's ever seen, going back to Barack Obama, hope and change, hope and change. And at the end of the day, when, when you look at Donald Trump and Joe Biden, Joe Biden is the hope and change.
<laughs> Wait. So to, to for, an extent. First of all, please, please just to an extent. Listen, Nick. For me, please do not ever compare Barack Obama and Joe Biden because, like, I don't. I, in my opinion, as candidates, there's no comparison. At least with Obama, he could talk about policy on the campaign trail while talking about hope and change. Joe, Joe just talks just strictly talks about uniting the country. Yeah, that's important. But what what is is not is is uniting the country not a policy position? It's the only policy position he talks about. That's, what that's not the only policy position he talks about in in, really? the, in the debates. Cool in the debates. Really, we saw really in the debates. Cool, we saw Joe Biden talk about expansion of the Affordable Care Act. In the debates, we saw Joe Biden talk about period, uh, the period. need for no period. For, there was no for, detail, uh, no, increase no detail, minimum wage. No, he, we dis- we we saw him discuss you know the need to expand college affordability. And and so on and so forth. So you know the 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 argument that you know Joe Biden only talks about unity and you know uniting and healing the country, which I think is a policy position. I guess you do not. Uh, you know, I I think you know that if if you take a look at all of these things that Joe has proposed, whether what's it's increasing the minimum wage, expanding the Affordable Care Act, college affordability. What is his what is his stance on criminal justice? Joe Biden's stance on criminal justice is that, you know, we need to reform the criminal justice system uh, to to, uh, you know, ensure one one of the things that he wants to do is he wants to repeal federal sentencing guidelines. He wants to leave it up to the judges. Oh, but then yeah, again, the same you know, I'm, I'm also I'm also not a not a Biden spokesperson. So, I, you know, I know I, I know, but. So I just want to say that, you know, I can literally recite to you. I see I don't have time because we're coming up on our time, but I can recite to you Elizabeth Warren's policy on how to fix a criminal justice system that proportionally disenfranchises, especially people of color in this country. You can't do that with Joe Biden. I'm just we're just looking for more. We're looking for something to go to the doors of people and be like, this is where we want to take the country, not just be Donald Trump, because that's important. But what are we going to it's it's not a, just about the fight. It's what comes after the fight, too. And Joe Biden doesn't talk about that. And it's disappointing. But yet but yet with with Joe Biden, after after we we have secured what needs to be secured on Election Day. And once Joe Biden places his, you know, raises his right hand and takes the oath of office, that's when we're going to finally see a bunch of Republicans finally wake up and realize that the soul of this country has finally been restored. And that's whenever we're going to see actual reforms. You know, I, I don't know when in politics it somehow became subtraction is better than addition. That, that is, that is a, a, a fallacy that we are dealing with right now. I think more so in the Democratic Party than in the Republican Party. You know, I, I think, you know, I, addition is always better than subtraction. And if we can, you know, appeal to moderates and independents, then we should be doing so. Well, um, I think that when Donald Trump has a 96% approval rating in the Republican Party, I think uh, that we need to expand the electorate. And we talked about this last week. 
but mm-hmm. we need to expand the electorate. We can't just keep going after, you know, uh, just, we should go after everyone, but we have never made a serious play in this country for the Latino vote. Never, ever. Hey, we, ever. hey, I, and, I, and, hey. And, for example, we, we tried, we tried with the Lieutenant Governor's race, me and Ray Sosa, we tried. Well, okay, well, okay, I, you know, <laughs> but not, not to get too off topic here for you, cool. <laughs> Sorry, you got me in a giggle fit. Um, wow. Well, um, well, but seriously, we've never made a huge try for like progressives, Certainly. for young voters. Like these are sleeping giants in this country. And they, if we mobilize them, they will win us election after election after election. Or we can just keep going with the 50-50 that moderate Republicans are going to vote for us. That is a 50-50. I'd rather create an 100% that we can rely on for the future. I mean, I understand that. But, you know, I, I think that, you know, whenever you look at certain areas, you know, part of the whole Biden coalition was. You know, and I guess this this is more me talking more so than anything. You know, millennials had the opportunity in 2016 to deliver the White House to Hillary Clinton. And what did they choose to do? Cool. They chose not to vote. Now, we can we can say, you know, that they largely chose not to vote because the candidate was uninspiring or whatever. At the end of the day, I think that that's a bunch of malarkey. Uh, You vote. You vote regardless if somebody's inspiring or not. Because there's people who had to die for us to be able to vote. So I don't buy into the whole malarkey that, you know, oh, well, you know, we should give we should give these people a pass because, hey, guess what? She was uninspiring. No, no, that's a bunch of that's a bunch of malarkey. So, you know, I think I think that for me, the Biden coalition was, you know, look, he was able to bring on out, you know, older voters. And, you know, millennials and, you know, so on and so forth. And those were the voters who propelled him to the nomination. And I think, you know, in in, you know, on Election Day, those are going to be the same. You know, that's going to be the same Biden coalition. We're going to expand the Obama coalition. And, you know, we're going to, you know, see a Joe Biden presidency. Yeah, well, I guess we'll see. Uh, I just I. I vehemently disagree with almost everything you said, uh, but I just, um, I, I respect where you're coming from though, Nick. Uh, yeah. and, um, yeah, it's just two different avenues of where, where we both think the party should be, you know, um, hitting towards and we need to think, let okay. me just put, let me just leave you. Uh, I think we should do our final thoughts now. Uh, yeah, definitely. I'll let you go. Sure. First. Uh, so Let me leave you with this thought. This is how Cole sees it. I think that if we want to grow this party into a force in this country, uh, and we're already, we already, I'll say we're already a force, but into something that we can have, we can can have four Democratic presidents in a row. We can have Democratic presidents or excuse me, governors of Pennsylvania forever. If we want to get to that place, we have to, we have to educate and uh, 
excite young people to vote. We have to see how we can bring in as many progressives as possible and make them feel like they have a place in the party. Um, and we need to, as and I keep harping on it, we need to uh, really uh, get the um, expand the Latino uh, reach out within the party. Uh, and uh, that 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 is how we win, Nick. That is how we win. I don't want to chance it. I think we should obviously speak to moderate Republicans and and have those conversations. But it is a it it's a fifty fifty. It it really is. It's a fifty fifty. Instead of reaching young people and being like, this is what as the Democratic Party we believe in when it comes to student loan and student debt. That gets a voter for life. And that's just what I want to leave you with in that. We can keep playing this centrist game or we can expand the electorate of the party. And and one one is happening faster than the other. This whole progressive Bernie movement, that is what you're seeing. That is an expanded electorate. It didn't win. I will concede in that. It did not win. But it added on to our party. And we really should see how we should, can keep them in. So, you know, I mean, my, you know, I'll, I'll just offer, you know, just a few comments before I get on into my final thoughts here. Number one, uh, you had brought on up, you know, an expanded electorate providing for a Latino, uh, you know, a Latino and a Latina surge. Um, and hopefully, cool, with that surge, we will finally get a Ray Sosa governorship. But now moving on to my, to my own final thoughts, um, you know, I'm, I'm actually going to, you know, I'll, I'll discuss some polling here, uh, and I'm I'm going to make a prediction. You're probably going to disagree with it, but you know it's it'll be on a recording, so you know we can go back on election day and listen to it and see if I was right. Um, I actually think that Joe Biden will end up winning the state of Arizona. Um, you know he's he's the the latest polling. You know he leads inside the last five polls. It has one more electoral vote than Wisconsin. Um. And, you know, the, the last poll that I saw, he's ahead by nine points. Um, obviously, it's still it's still early. Some things could change. But, you know, Maricopa County, it has, as you said, a huge Hispanic population. And, you know, it's a it's a place where it's you know rapidly growing, rapidly expanding. And I also think, you know, that he's he's down in Florida. You know, DeSantis has lost seven points since the whole pandemic occurred. And the other thing, too, that I'll say is I also think that the, that if you take into account Arizona and if you take into account Florida, um, you know, I know today Minnesota as, as on uh, 270. I was there and I looked. Minnesota is a is leaning blue. Wisconsin is a toss up. And for me, I came away from looking at that with two things. Your, your vice president has to either be one of two people, either Gretchen Whitmer of Wisconsin or the senator from Minnesota, Amy Klobuchar. Klobuchar provides us with, with uh, Minnesota, but Wisconsin has more electoral votes. And therefore, I think that, that Gretchen Whitmer... She's sorry, the governor yeah, of Michigan, Michigan, by the way. Um, not Wisconsin, but yeah, I, I meant Michigan. But with 
with her, you know, we, we would be able to, you know, get those, those other voters, uh, you know, in, in Michigan. And, you know, I think that with that, it would show us, you know, the, the ticket would, we, you know, we would be able to hold on to either Minnesota with its, you know, 10 votes, or, you know, as you said, Michigan has 16. So I think, I think that if you look at it purely as an addition game, you know, going with the Michigan governor, Whitmer is the better is the better option. But, you know, I, I also think, you know, that we can mi- win the Midwest, you know, and I think that that needs to be a, a, a strategy that we have to, you know, try and do. So I don't know if you want to add on to anything. Uh, no, I think I, 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 I let's let me leave you with your thought for next week. Uh, so congressman that you respect uh and i respect too uh but i know you like like uh clyburn mm-hmm. and, and such uh they believe that joe biden owes uh it to the democratic party to pick a woman of color um and i would love to hear the, your thoughts on that next all week. right yeah i mean i you know i i would somewhat you know tend to agree with that uh to an extent and i mean obviously you know we can discuss that next week um you know, I, I just want to, you know, thank everybody for tuning in to, uh, you know, People Power Politics. I'm Nick Sones. We were joined with uh, Cole Goodman. Take care. Be safe. Make sure you're washing your hands, practicing, you know, social distancing. Stay home, yeah, stay home, absolutely. stay safe.